Living on Earth relies on listeners like you to keep producing award-winning journalism for the planet. Please make your contribution today at LOE.org. It's Living on Earth. I'm Steve Kerwood. Canadian First Nations folk and friends recently drummed and chanted in a flash mob at a shopping mall in Winnipeg to protest Canadian government policies. They're demonstrating against recent legislation that they say undermines First Nations sovereignty and harms the environment. They're part of a movement called Idle No More that is making a splash in social media as well. Native American environmental activist and one-time Green Party candidate for vice president Winona LaDuc recently wrote about Idle No More for the magazine The Progressive. She joins us now from her home on the White Earth Reservation in northern Minnesota, not far from the Canadian border. Welcome to Living on Earth. Thank you. Hello. So much like the Occupy Wall Street movement, these protests have rallied around a moniker, Idle No More. Where does that phrase come from? It's very Canadian. That's all I've got to say. I think it means kind of get off your butt and let's get moving or that's enough. Now, many have traced this movement back to the passage of a piece of legislation called Bill C-45 in Canada. Can you describe this law for us? Generally, the bill guts every major Canadian environmental law over the past 30 years. Before the passage of Bill C-45, the 2.6 million rivers, lakes, and Canada's three ocean shorelines, a lot of water, had some protection. Pretty much gone now with the passage of that bill. Now about 87 of the lakes, rivers, are protected, and those are largely in the writings of the conservatives that are part of the Harper government. First Nations are really at the front end of a lot of the assault on the land and the water. Since First Nations are the people that live in the places where the mines are, the tar sands, the you know destruction that is around Sarnia, of you know 62 chemical plants just inundating these tribal communities. They're at the front end of it, and they're saying, you know, not only did you just gut the laws, but you didn't even ask us, and you have some legal obligations under international law, which are called treaties, to talk to us about anything that affects our lands, our territories, and the rights that were reserved and protected under those treaties. What are some of the other deeper concerns that are motivating this movement? Well, the general, you know, inequality that exists in Canada... You know, you're looking at these communities, for instance, Teresa Spence, the chief from Attawapiskat First Nation, which is a Cree village up on James Bay. She is, you know, from this community that has 1,549 residents, a third of them are under 19. They've been through, we'll go with hell. That's what I would describe the colonial policies of Canada. You treat them like third-class citizens in their own country. They're living in tents. They don't have sanitation. The village next door is importing water because they've got E. coli contamination in it. You know, you have basically third-world conditions, and then you add to it a diamond mine. De Beers, largest diamond mining corporation in the world, has moved into the north, is bringing billions of dollars worth of diamonds into markets. And, you know, when this money is coming into the markets, the pittance is going to these First Nations whose sanitation systems have now been essentially overrun by new workers, by new development, by new exploitation. And, you know, so Teresa Spence comes from a village that was, has basically been a shame to the Harper government for the past few years because, you know, the U.N. and the Red Cross went in there and said, you know, these people don't even have housing that is suitable. They're in minus 40 degrees, and 
the wealth is being extracted by De Beers. And frankly, that's kind of a snapshot of Canada. That's a snapshot of Canada historically, and it is an accelerated snapshot now. So talk to me about the present protests. What form have they taken? So with the use of social media, not unlike Arab Spring, people have been organizing, they're called flash mobs, these you know, short protests in very public places, the Mall of America, you know, the mall in Broomfield at the Capitol Rotundas to be a voice of support for Teresa Spence, who's on a hunger strike, going into her fourth week now, demanding that Prime Minister Harper meet with Teresa Spence, meet with the First Nations, and ultimately repeal Bill C-45. In addition to that, the Amjuang First Nation, the guys at Sarnia, blockaded a CN railway. And, you know, what they're blockading is hundreds of train cars full of chemicals moving in and out of their community. And it's, you know, it's costing some money to the companies, but hopefully it's drawing some attention to the fact that, you know, this community is really toxic and they have to live there. So Chief Teresa Spence uh, continues on her hunger strike. What role is her hunger strike playing in this movement? Teresa Spence's courage has been the catalyst, has been the, you know, the flame that lit this. You know, she's a, a, a middle-aged Cree woman. You know, Crees are tough, tough people. And she's courageous enough to go there, you know, with her medicines, with her, you know, some fish broth she's drinking, and she's going into a fourth week. The fact that Prime Minister Harper did not have the dignity to meet with, you know, the poorest people in the darn country until now, and he's saying he'll meet on the 11th, which is exactly one month after she started her hunger strike right across from his offices, you know, indicates how extremist his government is. So why do you think Idle No More has caught on in America as well? You're saying that demonstrations are in this country as well as in Canada? Because, I mean, first of all, the border is really a colonial creation that is pretty recent. For people like the Anishinaabe who are in the northern part of what is called five American states and the southern part of what is called four Canadian provinces, predating by, you know, 4,500, you know, 5,000 years or so, our territory predates the border. And so, you know, we don't, uh, rivers don't have a border, the toxic contamination, the uh, 240 gigatons of carbon that's going to be in the air out of the tar sands of Alberta pretty much doesn't have a border. And frankly, Native people in this country are looking at some pretty dire circumstances, too. I mean, you've got widespread groundwater contamination from uranium mining in the southwestern United States. You have, you know, a sacred site, the San Francisco Peaks, being desecrated. You have Rio Tinto Zinc, huge mining corporation, about to lay to waste a chunk of, you know, the upper peninsula of Michigan where the Keweenaw Band of Ojibwe have been fighting for a decade. You know, so we have very similar circumstances. Where do you think the Idle No More movement is headed? Well, hopefully it's headed for the repeal of Bill C-45. Hopefully it's headed for some dignity and negotiations with First Nations people for some cleanup, some security, for land rights, for water rights, for ecosystems, some reparations for all that wealth which has been pilfered, you know, over the past 50 years by major mining corporations with the blessing of the Canadian government. And hopefully it's going to educate some Canadians and some Americans so that these issues, which, you know, they are native issues, but really they aren't making any new water. You know, the water that's contaminated by tar sands or by chemical companies is water that is going to contaminate us all. So hopefully it'll get some action that is, you know, means that people are idle no more. 
Winona LaDuke is a Native American activist, environmentalist, and author. Thanks so much, Winona. Thank you for having me. Thank you.